They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. There is nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Welcome to the first ever episode of Horrifying My Friends with me, Travis Ibarra. If you don't know me or if you're new to the podcast, I grew up on horror and love sharing my passion for the genre with my friends and family and turning them into horror fans too. So most weeks, I I basically force one of my friends to watch a horror movie I carefully selected for them, then my producer slash sis-in-law, Kate, and I bring them on to hear their thoughts and educate them where I can. Along the way, I learned some stuff too, which is always cool. I'll also be dropping some unique bonus episodes, so watch out for those. This week I'm joined by my brother-in-law, Brian Brooks. He and I mostly bond over less spooky shit like fantasy, sports, football, and beer. He's also notorious for not having seen any classic or even popular movies out there, so he's the perfect guinea pig for this pod. Anyway, before bringing him into the chat, I'll intro our movie for the day, which is Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 masterpiece, Psycho. Let's get to it. So, Brooks, what were your overall expectations of the movie coming in? Well, to be honest, I was expecting an all-timer because of just its general popularity among the general population. Most people have seen Psycho or are very familiar with uh, the elements of the film. People know Hitchcock. People know the Bates Motel. They know Norman Bates. They know the shower scene. So it's like all this stuff... Um, that's just super popular and common knowledge for most people. Um, and a lot of that stuff is common knowledge for me too, but you know, things like the plot twist, I had genuinely forgot about that. So it was, there was still a little bit of element of shock right. and it, you know, it was, and that's, that's awesome. Cause that just proves that a movie from 1960, I mean, it holds up and it was one of the best one of my favorite movie watching experiences in a long time. So nice. I, I really dug it and yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I watched it. And I've been, kind of, I've been missing out. You kind of see how that influences everything. Like you said, like you said, coming from 1960, it's like, you know, Hitchcock really threw a lot of stuff at you in 1960 and influenced like, you know, the Halloweens, all that other stuff uh-huh. directly with the Samuel Loomis's and, you know, uh, you know, especially with scream, um, what did you think about watching like a 60s horror movie, like the slower pace? You know, what was funny about that is, uh, you know, some you don't you might not be aware of, but I was actually taking notes while I was watching the movie. Just if nothing else, give myself reminders and, you know, because I have a horrific memory sometimes. So it's like right. I might have to write some stuff down. And I remember one of the one thing I had uh, in your 30s. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't trust an old brain. Um, no, but uh, one thing that I had uh, thought was the the first maybe 20 minutes in the movie, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this isn't a horror movie. Interesting. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. 
It didn't, it, like, if I didn't know what I, like, if you didn't tell me anything about the plot, if I knew nothing about this movie, you just said sit down and watch a movie, the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I thought, it, to me, it came off like a, like a, like a like heist, a, like a heist or, love, yeah. love story. Yeah. You know, because you got, you got an affair, you know, you got a secretary getting a, getting a big wad of cash dumped on her desk at work. What was it seventy thousand? Yeah, at forty grand. Yeah, forty grand. But still, yeah. I mean, forty grand in sixty, it's like, oh, jeez, put forty grand on my desk today, I might consider yeah. doing some <laughs> sketchy yeah. stuff, you know. But you know, and she's sitting there, and she's all all she wants is to run off with this man. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's he's telling her, you know, you really can't commit to her, and all this, and then you know that that money comes into her possession take it to the bank well she goes you know what nah i'm just gonna run off and go find my man mm-hmm. you know yeah because i revisited it today but uh wasn't it like uh he couldn't marry her until he had that money or you know something they had debts or something like that is that and that's why she took it or some shit like that oh god what was that it was uh Oh my God! You know, see, this is something I should have written down. There was some reason, yeah. It was like something. But he about... need, he had to get some of. There's ah, I I I feel terrible now. But yeah, it was like some element of like I need to get my affairs in order mm-hmm. before I can be with you, because even she was like, when they were kind of like screwing in the hotel, she's kind of like, when are you gonna take me on a proper date, kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he was she was tired of sneaking around and, you know, going to. You know, having one nights in the hotel when he's in town on work. Yeah. So. Which, fun fact, that is actually Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. So, Janet Lee. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, she plays a part in Halloween H2O. As <clears throat> Another thing in 1960, just a random fact, was that a lot of people were thrown off by the structure. Because it's like you introduce, it's kind of like in Scream with Drew Barrymore. You introduce this main character and then you kill her off. You know, yeah. a lot of people were taken aback by that, like, you know. That yeah, it, honestly, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't, I mean, I shouldn't, I should rephrase that. At the beginning of the movie, you're like, okay, like you said, you're introducing a main character, you're expecting her to go the whole way. That threw me when she was, no, no, but like once you see her checking into the basement, tell you're like, okay, she is going to end up right going no, down. Yeah, right. But like... Yeah, that's that's kind of cool though. How it's like, okay, the literally the first character you meet, you just assume they're gonna be there for the duration, and then it's like, eh, not so much. We're gonna yeah, kill you off halfway through. And a few movies of yeah, <laughs> like I said, Scream, and a few others. What did you think about Norman Bates, the character? Because I really dig him, man. He's yeah. charming, good looking. You know, it's like. Yeah, but you know what? It's like, you can definitely tell something. Like it's, and I don't know if it's production or if just Hitchcock wanted it. It almost felt like there was an element of it's a little obvious mm-hmm. because he was taxidermy. <laughs> yeah, like checking all the boxes. You know, which is funny though, because it's like I I don't think an average people think taxidermy is weird, right? Maybe the fact that he had like ten animals stuffed in one little office, but yeah, and at a roadside at, motel, at a roadside, the mother's motel. yelling at him and shit. Yeah, which I was like, how does he do in his mother's voice? That's like, <laughs> that's good, right? And, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, you, you kind of think of almost what he kind of reminds me of is like a, like a Ted Bundy modern day. I thought that too. That's funny that you say that. Cause I thought that too today watching it. Re- because he's, it. he's young, he's handsome. Uh, he's, he finds it easy to talk to people. 
mm-hmm. so you know you, it, I, can, I, can, I can see how guests of the Bates Motel would find him very unassuming mm-hmm. and not a threat and you know because he's he's just tall and skinny too he's not like a an overbearing physical person you know he's not intimidating like that whereas you want khakis and a members only jacket like yeah I mean come on there's nothing to worry about with this guy which I thought Hitchcock did a really good job of because I remember like because um, I read the novel as well I seen the movie first, but in the novel, he's like a like kind of like an overweight guy that has a drinking problem and all this stuff. And I kind of felt that feels too easy. Yeah, I kind of felt that uh, Hitchcock yeah. did a really good job of making him more unassuming and, like I said, charismatic. You know, and it is kind of sad. Like that was one of the impressions that I got today rewatching it. Is that it's like you, you kind of like like the dude until you find out, you know, that he's like a killer kind of thing, or he's you know all messed up and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Right, and it's like you can kind of see where his issues come from. It's, right. you know, with his mother and, you know, obvious that, you know, father issues and right, what have you. Which is, it's pretty cool. It's one of my favorite worlds, like in horror movies, really, because like the Bates Motel comes years later, obviously, Psycho 2 and 3, which we could maybe take a look at in future episodes if you'd be down. Uh, which came much later, but starred Anthony Perkins as well. But it's just one of my favorite worlds, man, of like the the off the highway uh, motel and shit in the middle mm-hmm. of the night, Bates Motel. Norman Bates is such an awesome character. Yeah, and this is something I I know I've talked to you, to you about and and uh, my wife Katie about too is like what I genuinely tend to um, gravitate to in tor- in terms of like horror or anything like that is I tend to gravitate and enjoy the stuff that I feel like can really happen to me. Right. You know? So like if there's not to say I don't like something that's like a supernatural or whatever, but it's like, if it's just a dude just (laughs) taking people out of the hotel, I'm like, damn, that can happen to anybody. And that's just super creepy to me, you know? Right. And so that's, that's the, that's the kind of stuff I really dig. Cause it's like, man, that can happen. Like literally anybody can fall victim to that. Right. And that's what makes it so scary. Absolutely. Like those off the, uh, like I said, off the highway kind of attractions and shit. But, uh, yeah, a little like true crime history. Um, this character was, all, was based on Ed Gein up in, I think, Wisconsin. And uh, Robert Block's the one that wrote the novel. And he based him, he read a news report on, um, there's a really great podcast about it called One, it's on Wondery Inside Psycho, but. He, uh, Robert Block read a news report about Ed, this guy named Ed Gein that used to dress up like his mother and like all kinds of shit. And it was just oh, like, wow. yeah. And he was like, I know what I'm going to write. And yeah, it was, it, it's just a really cool, like that and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre are like, you know, taken from mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. And, know, and Texas Chainsaw, on, Texas yeah. Chainsaw is one that I haven't seen that movie in quite a while. So I don't remember all the elements of it, but I'd. Like, that's another one that struck me as, like, man, this is messed up. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. that one, that's another movie that would actually, like, kind of get me. It's like, damn. Oh, yeah, dude. You another know? solid movie. But, um... It's it's just crazy to me, like, um, like the shower scene, all these iconic moments coming out in 1960. Like I said, influenced is everything, you know, going forward in horror movies, really. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, Hitchcock makes this movie for dirt cheap. It makes a, a shit ton of money. You know, uh, a lot of the reviews are calling it crap and, you know, like during the time. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's 
like you know, that was one of the movies where when I was starting this podcast and we were going over movies, possible movies to go to go with, and you were saying that you had never seen it. I was like, man, that's one of the staples of the genre. You know, it's just like you've seen Halloween, you've seen all these other ones. You got to see Psycho, you got to see Norman mm-hmm. Bates, right? Where these characters come from. And it's kind of funny because like uh, was it on Netflix where they have the Bates Motel series too? So, uh, yeah. It's yeah. like, I watched a little bit of that, too. So it's yeah. like, you know, now that I've seen the movie, it's like, I, you know, you can kind of see... Now I'm now I'm really more interested to dive, get back into that show. Because right. I, I yeah. watched maybe a season, and yeah. then for no good reason, I just stopped watching it. But now that I've seen the movie, I'm like, damn, I need to get back into that show. Man, we got big into that show, yeah. I bet. I, it's I actually it pretty good. You know, it is cheesy in parts, but yeah, it's but actually whatever. pretty good. It's, what are you going to do? But, um... But yeah, there's just. So, that, what were some could, of your other notes that you took? Um, so yeah, so that was the that was something that I thought was was crazy. First, is like just the whole. If you didn't tell me what it was, you know, twenty minutes in, I was like, this is not a, you know, this is not that. It's not as obvious, but then as the movie goes on, you're like, Dude, this guy's a real creep too. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah, for sure, he takes he takes joy in some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, taxidermy aside. You know, there's obviously the people in the office. Mm. When I saw that, I was like, oh, creep, yeah. dude, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what the, you know. But then, like, uh, there's another another scene, um, you know, when the P.I. Arbogast was kind of on mm-hmm. the hunt for uh, um, Marion. Mm-hmm. You know, he ended up, he obviously ended up at the Bates Motel, and he started in interrogating Norman. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's like stuttering and shit. Yeah, he's like, just he's super <laughs> yeah. nervous. He's tapping his fingers, and he's always digging into that those candy uh, candy bites. Mm-hmm. And he's just furiously chewing. And you know something I saw when I saw that I'm like, okay, is because you as a PI like even if I'm just talking to you and I'm accusing you of taking swiping a twenty out of my wallet, if I start questioning you about it and you start doing all that crap. I'm mean, like, oh, yeah. this dude is a hundred thousand percent guilty. Yeah, you're stuttering and blinking and shit. So it's like, like, but it, you know, like to me, I would think in a movie, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make accusations of somebody, I don't, I don't know if I'm just imagining this, but I feel like a true villain like that generally has a great skill in masking their in shoving down their guilt and just playing off like nothing's going on in the world mm-hmm. no i'm i'm not involved in this and they're just like very calm cool and collected whereas norman base just starts losing his shit but the only thing different about norman is that he knows who did it but it's his mother you know but it's like it's him he doesn't too. think it, <laughs> yeah yeah because like and yeah. he genuinely believes he's not guilty yeah, but he's like oh mother <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know because he knows he fucking did it or that you know that she did it right that's why he's such a fucking cool character, though, man. Right. And yeah, and that's that's the stuff that, like, I thought was really cool, too. Because it's like... And then they show a scene where he's dumping the car in the swamp. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's just kind of standing back, appreciating his work with a like grin. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, now that I've... He pauses once where you, it's like, it, stops. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. what the fuck? Get down there, you know? Yeah. But then you, you, you see him with that grin on his face, you know... For me, I totally forgot that Norman and Norma were the same body. Mm-hmm. But in, you, you reflect back and you say, who's smiling there? Is that him mm-hmm. or is that mother? Mm-hmm. You know, who is it that's the 
the one enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think it's mother because Norman probably still believes he's innocent yeah, all the probably, way through. Yeah. But, but it's just weird. Like, it's just, it's little scenes like that that just make it so creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's just this innocent, unassuming person just shows that little, that little grin, that little piece of joy. And then you're like, this dude's fucked up, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's what's cool to me. And then, like, not, not that it's about, you know, not that this pod's about Bates Motel, but I thought that they, um, one of the reasons I would recommend Bates Motel, you know, after viewing this is I felt like they did a pretty good job of slowing the, uh, the slow, uh, descent into, like, his feeling like he needs to dress up like his mother and, you know, all kinds of shit like that. Mm-hmm. Cause like there's just little scenes throughout the seasons as you go where she would walk into the kitchen and he's like wearing her dress or something you know it's like and he's a nor he's a pretty and normal is she kid. just like what are you doing yeah pre- kind of, yeah yeah you're uh-huh. you're really made to feel sympathetically about Norma and that you know in that um in that series and you know mm-hmm. maybe we can take a look at that series later on you know and that's probably you know now You'd that, be the psycho guy now that we're talking about it it's like. That's probably why I didn't even, watching the movie, didn't even think, didn't even dawn on me that Norman was housing the spirit of his mother because I had watched a little bit of the Base Motel series Mm -hmm. and I saw the two separate people. So it's like, you know. Yeah, you actually get to meet his mother and yeah. Yeah, you meet the mother and you're like, okay. But then, you know, we fast forward in the movie and then they're they're meeting with Sheriff Chambers and he's like, she's been dead for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not there. Like. And then you're, then I'm sitting there like, well, who's crazy here? Mm-hmm. You know, because I've I've seen Norman talk to his mother. So you're like, as somebody who isn't 100 percent familiar, like, what the hell's going on here? Who's <laughs> yeah. the crazy one here? Yeah. Is is Norman the crazy one, or are these victims? The you know the yeah, the absolutely. Loomises and the you know the Lilas are they the crazy ones here? Yeah, are they seeing shit? Oh, absolutely. So, but yeah, so that was that was pretty badass. And I loved how um, when they were talking about, like, given the whole story about Norma and her death mm-hmm. and all this. And I think it was something that they discussed at the end of the movie, which was, um, what was it, the doctor when he was kind of just, <laughs> yeah, he, he was called- just kind of like on this monologue about all these, all these things and stuff. And they said that Norman had dug her <laughs> up and then put a, buried a weighted casket. Uh-huh. I'm just like, because I don't, I don't know if this is too much of just random thinking now but like that scene at like the climactic scene at the end of the movie where lila goes into the basement and sees the the skeleton of Mm -hmm. norma turn around i literally had chills all around my body (laughs) because like she's school bitch she screamed because lila screams and then right away norman comes in with that knife like crazy Mm -hmm. and then i'm just like oh shit (laughs) oh yeah you know so that's that was like one of those and, you know, like, that scene is kind of cheesy. Like, that wouldn't hold up today because it is mm-hmm. kind of cheesy. But that's probably just 1960 production. Yeah, so with that scene, it's like, I don't know if I thought it was cheesy because it's an old movie. But, like, I don't know if that's something that would, like, if that scene was in a movie today, I don't know if it would be seen as so, like... When he comes out with a knife. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, you, the action you of have, him. You have the skeleton, the reveal of the corpse, which, mm-hmm. c- cool, yeah. But, like, when he just comes in, like, all wild, he's like, ah! You know, just <laughs> yeah. with the knife in the air. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if that would be seen, if that happened in a movie today. Like, would that be cheesy? Or would that just, would that actually scare somebody? Because even when I watched it, like, it was it was very shocking to me. 
but mm-hmm. I didn't find it like it, I didn't it, find not, it scary. Yeah, in the nineteen. No, I see what you're saying. Uh, like, it was the first time that that, it, that kind of stuff had ever been done. But it's like, uh, you know, in the nineteen sixty theater audience, you know, it's like uh, they're clutching their pearls and running up the aisles like screaming <laughs> and shit. You know, it's like. But also, you know, talking about like newer movies, that shit would all have been like CGI'd and the right. hell out and all that other stuff. Um, but that, that's definitely a challenge. Like I can see for an average movie watcher, which I definitely am. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's just like you have to, you have to keep telling yourself this movie is sixty years old. Like yeah, right. It's not going to be as visually impressive as stuff today. But like, yeah, it just. It was awesome. I mean, it was still awesome though. Like the, it was, it made me laugh a little bit. But I thought like the scene was, it was really cool though. Yeah, and then like another thing, uh, you know, like speaking of 1960, it's like at the end when the psychologist has given his, you know, overall data and report on Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they say like you know Norman's a transvestite or you know whatever. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he, you know, he's a he's a crossdresser kind of thing. But you know, he's definitely not a transvestite. I would say. But wasn't wasn't somebody like trying to. They're saying like, no, he's not this, or because uh, if he was, was it? Were they trying to deny that he was a transvestite? Or did they throw out a, another term too? Because when they trying to say no, if he was this, he would be doing this or that. I can't remember exactly though. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought were, it was just I, I felt that... like there was like a very brief debate of like transvestite mm-hmm. versus another term, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, watch these middle-aged white men in 1960 right, trying to figure is, this out. Yeah, through a like 2019 they have, like they have, lens. Like they have a clue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, through a 2019 lens, it's like, eh, okay, but, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. I mean, God, just imagine how controversial that topic would be today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Jesus, yeah. back then. Woo. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Cross-dress and slasher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Was that all you had in your notes? I mean, I had. I mean, there's there was other stuff I I jotted down that was just kind of like, I don't know if it was like production stuff or just like silly like stuff. the black and white stuff. And you no, know, I mean, yeah, obviously I was expecting that, but it's like I noticed, and I don't know if this was like an Easter egg in the movie, but mm-hmm. I noticed on uh, Marion's car, her license plate started with NFB. Mm-hmm. Is Norman Bates' middle name start with an F by chance? I wonder if that was I like actually a, don't know that. an ode yeah, to that. Because I noticed on the license plate it was like NFB. That's and a then, good point. And yeah. then some numbers. I was like, I wonder if that's like a little ode to Norman Bates. Just like throwing a license plate on a car. And like... Uh, and the fun thing about the black and white is that, you know, clear like clearly by that point, movies had been in color. But, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was going like, that was a creative choice to go black and white. And uh, a lot of things, like one thing that we haven't brought up was the score, which I really fucking loved. I have a, it's a Bernard Herman did the score and he previously worked on, you know, they, they use his shit like current day, like they use some of his stuff, uh-huh. but he was Citizen Kane and the man who knew too much, like, you know, by Alfred Hitchcock way back in the forties, fifties. Mm-hmm. But that score, man, is like half the movie. And, you know, it's kind of like Halloween where it's like without the John Carpenter score in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not half the movie that it is. It is funny how you mentioned the score because my very first note was <clears throat> the opening score is awfully cheery. <laughs> like yeah. with the opening credits, it's like very happy oh, and that upbeat. Like I found it like I found it like very upbeat and happy. I was like, this is this is a little change up. They're just throwing you off the scent right right away. Yeah. Which led into what I said is. 
this isn't a horror movie for the first 20 minutes. This is a love story. I loved the score, like when the money's on the bed and she's looking over and it's just like, it, it, it's just a fucking masterful, masterful score. Another uh, another cool thing was uh, looking into Alfred Hitchcock's past and stuff. The cop scene, did you find anything like weird about that? Like how weird the cop was and like all this other shit? Oh, when he pulled her, when he, she was sleeping on the side yeah, of the road. Yeah, he's like really weird. So that comes. But she so, was she was acting weird, man. Like, yeah. I would be, if I was that cop, I would have acted the same way. Well, it's like, um, Hitchcock has a thing in his movies. Uh, he had like a fear of cops because as a little kid, and this was all in that like wondering podcast that I would check out. It's fucking awesome. But, uh, like as a kid, he, uh, his dad gave him a note to hand a, a police officer. And on the note, it said, lock up my son for his punishment or something. So as a little kid, yeah, Hitchcock like becomes deathly afraid of police officers (laughs) and he adds stuff like that. And like, you know, a few of his movies, like mainly this one. Okay. But I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of a cool part. Yeah. You know, that it's like knowing that now you would almost think that he is almost kind of not like a Ven, the cop vendetta, but like you would almost think that he'd be wanting to make the cop look real bad. Mm -hmm. But when I saw that, watched that scene, I was like, yeah, well, she's. She's like she yeah he woke her up on the side of the road which nothing wrong with that because the reason she gave it's legitimate you know I'm tired mm-hmm. you know whatever and uh, so that's fine but then she was you know Marion was acting like really like jittery and jumpy and she's anxious and very she, anxious yeah. yeah and you know she knows that she's got forty grand in the car mm-hmm. why it's almost like she assumes everybody she ran into knew she had it yeah because she was acting. And then, like, when she went to go sell her car, and she was just, like, wanting to get the hell out of there so fast, especially when that cop is just sitting there right across... Granted, that cop's sitting across the street just leaning on his door with his arms folded, just staring. Right. That's really creepy. Right. But he had a hunch that she was hiding something, so I can't totally fault him for that, but it was just... What was it what the car salesman said? Well, it's the first time I've ever had the customer pressure the salesman or whatever <laughs> right she's like just get me another car get it out of here <laughs> you know and then and then you know just like the the social commentary part of it was after she left with the car because it was you know because she traded in her car he was she was like well how much for it and he goes your car plus seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. and then she goes in the bathroom pulls out seven hundred dollars cash and then hands it over so she's gone and the cop is talking to the salesman and the one of the things that the salesman thought, well, what's so strange about her? He's like, hey, well, she had seven hundred dollars cash on her. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, a woman Not has cash sure. on. Yeah. A woman has cash on her. Oh, oh my no. god, <laughs> <laughs> what's going <Yeah>. on here? <laughs> something must be wrong with her. <laughs> she must be up to something. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Not for it's sure, just man. like, yeah, of course, of course. Back then, they would be like, a oh, woman with money. Holy crap! Yeah, it's always weird watching like. Um... Like, uh, it, it's weird, but it's pretty cool, too, watching the movies, like, back in the 50s and 60s, and, you know, you kind of have to watch that, watch it through a prism, you know, like, uh, like you know, like you said, how, to, how it was back then, and, you know, all this other stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, social norms, and, yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. It was, I loved it. I mean, that's, that's definitely gonna, that movie, just watching it, it's gonna make me wanna... See, and you said there was a Psycho 2 and 3. I didn't even know that. There was a Psycho 2, 3, 4. Did not know that. Uh, <laughs> That's how ignorant I am. Maybe another one. 
I may be losing my horror card there, and then maybe another one, and then uh, do they hold up at least? The uh, yeah, I liked Psycho two and three. They're fun. Uh, there, then there's the uh, piece of shit remake in 1998, <laughs> I believe, with Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. Oh, Jesus, it's a shot for shot remake of the original. Really, with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, <laughs> Vince yeah. Vaughn. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, do, do not see that one. <laughs> watch the original now yeah and something i probably should have mentioned earlier just maybe as like a a last thought especially and it's it would be something that i can pay look out for now knowing that there's other movies now mm-hmm. it's because he you know obviously he killed two people in this movie mm-hmm. um when he killed arborgast that was more of like a self-preservation move mm-hmm. um but what I was sitting, when I'm sitting there thinking is, I wonder if he's got a type. Like, I wonder if he's... With the MO kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. does he have a type that he goes for? I think Mother does, for sure. Yeah. Well, no, that's true. That makes sense. Like, I, I should have thought of that earlier, because it's Mother's jealous that women, he's, yeah. he's interested in these women. Yeah. So it's like, is that's probably going to be the theme as it goes forward, is he's going to be targeting women, like pretty young women so it's a sexual yeah it's a very sexual that's thing right because they even address that in the movie is mother's got to eliminate this threat because mm-hmm. she wants norman to herself mm-hmm. so yeah that's duh that that makes absolutely sense it's not that deep <laughs> but so yeah um it's awesome so now we wanted to get into some of the reviews of the time and you know the uh some of the people on amazon that uh are criticizing it uh, but this one is from a time review from the year that Psycho came out, which I thought was kind of funny. But uh, it says, The trail leads to a sagging Swamp View motel to one of the messiest, most nauseating murders ever, ever filmed. <laughs> At close range, the camera watches every twitch, gurgle, convulsion, and hemorrhage in the process by which a living human becomes a corpse. Which I thought was kind of funny. You know, given that it's 1960 and like our producer pointed out earlier, it's like, you know, they haven't really seen that kind of stuff, you know, up to that point. Right. And you watch that scene now, there's no blood. Uh, well, there's a, there's a little blood, I think, from watching it today. Maybe a little bit, like on her leg or something, but there's not a lot of blood. No, not at all. And plus, that's I think that's the element of the black and white, too. Is, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it kind of just blends into the scenery. Absolutely, but of course, you know, I'm sure that once time put that out, they didn't know the cultural impact or anything of that movie, so I'm sure right. they kind of backtracked. But uh, <laughs> you had some newer ones too of Amazon. Yeah, actually, I got a, I pulled them off IMDb because I felt like Amazon. It was like my video stream wasn't okay. working. One star. Wham. Yeah. So the hell with that. I couldn't put my phone away. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too many Facebook notifications. Yeah. So it was stupid. Um. Like, oh, this one, this is kind of interesting because this is literally the most recent one-star review, but it's mm-hmm. from April 2018, so it's still a year and a half old. Very short, though. But it says, made no sense. Right. Of course. Yeah. Boring and needlessly bloody. I didn't even think it was that bloody. I, I don't even remember. The, like, a little bit in the shower? You see a little bit. Yeah, you see a little bit when he's wiping the mop. Like yeah, the... and it's like, I don't understand why everyone was raving about it. But I, just, I found that needlessly bloody was funny because it's like there's literally one scene and it's in the shower. Yeah. And I was like, and I remember I was watching it too, um, like after he had stabbed her like four times 
and you know she's kind of like doing the slow fall down the wall yeah i'm like where's the blood spatter like where's oh, the blood yeah. smear on the wall yeah. like give me some blood man yeah you know so modern day uh, blood would have been coming out of everywhere like yeah. fucking the you shower know head. When, when she's stabbing you know getting stabbed you would have seen the spray right. and the spatter and the smeared on the wall i'm like get out of here needlessly bloody get out of here you're, you're done another quick trivia thing the thing that they had problems with when hitchcock turned the film in uh the thing that they had a problem with the most was the toilet flushing seeing that on film really up to that yeah up to that point that was like a huge problem in american cinema to see a like a toilet flushing <laughs> which <laughs> is kind of like, yeah, problems like, with oh a slasher God. of yeah. all things Killing a woman in her shower, eh, yeah. not so bad, but God forbid you flush a piece of paper down the toilet. Well, and that's, you know, like you <laughs> like you just said, is like a lot of people consider this the first slasher. So it's like it's creating all those fucking rules and, you know, this right. with Peeping Tom. You know, I don't want anybody to fucking right. call me out for not mentioning Peeping Tom. <laughs> but, yeah, this and Peeping Tom are like generally regarded as the the birth of the slasher, you know, but, yeah, anyway. I think I lost my train of thought there, but... Oh, so I, I'll go for another one. I'll try to find one that's, that's a little more... Uh, oh, this is a great title. I'm going to read this one. This one's actually all the way back from August of 2007. But it says... The the uh, title says, Strictly for all the psychos based all over the world. Oh, God. I don't. I just want to keep... That That makes me just want to read it now. So, uh, bear with me. It's a, it's a little, little paragraph. So it says, After having heard all the noise surrounding this film... I decided to watch this film as I had to give a presentation of a Stephen Rebello's book based on this film for my teacher, uh, with a French name that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butcher, mm-hmm. at Cinema Studies section of the University of Paris. Blah blah blah. Okay, I was utterly disappointed as this mm. film was not so chilling as I had expected it to be. Psycho is more of a character study of some oddball persons. In the beginning, Hitch- Hitchcock takes us on a guilt trip of a woman who is in love with a married man. Funny thing is that both of them know that they cannot find any happiness in their so-called secret love. Later on, we are taken for a ride as this bizarre woman steals a lot of money and without any rhyme nor reason decided to leave her hometown. Now everybody knows what happens after that. Psycho is a film about matter of taste. It might have appealed to the people of the 60s with their fascination for things black and white, but Psycho does not make any sense in the colored era of 2007. Mm. See, and that that one's kind of interesting to me. Like, I would say that that person is coming at it from an angle of they already knew slasher films existed. Like, they, they're coming at it from slasher films already exist, so they're expecting... And they're comparing it to movies of today. Right. That's not fair. They're coming and expecting Friday the 13th when yeah. it's like it's not. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like, God forbid, you know, you, you know, care, care a little about the character before, you know, she gets killed and... Like I said, uh, watching it today, I care about Norman. Like, I was like, fuck, man. Like, Norman, it's kind of sad. Help. Dude needs help. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad. Right. And uh, what was it? Ah, I lost my train of thought. Because there was, I mean, there was one review that... It's in his 30s, folks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's my name? What's his name? No. Um, should I do another one? Or yeah, do, you wanna... do, another, do one more. Do another one? Okay. Do one more. Um... I'll try to find one that's a little shorter. Okay, here we go. Huh. So predictable. Oh, here we go. This will be good. Um, considering this was in the top 250 of IMDb, it's hard to not watch this movie. I was expecting great things and whatnot, 
But alas, it was disappointing in every way imaginable. Maybe it was something amazing or different in 60s? No duh. Um, but today, I but today it is just another predictable movie which won't impress today's audience. Just after the first murder, I predicted its ending. Well, good for you. Yeah, right. And not to my surprise, the ending was just as predicted by me. Trying not to write any spoilers, he puts in parentheses. Why it's in top 30 movies is just beyond me. Maybe only old people are rating these movies, and there might be a lot of them. Uh-oh. Okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and see, I won't be too, I won't be too, uh, critical because we've all, well, you know, all, all the, all the movie fans had what, uh, go through what we call like the, uh, the snobbery, like, uh, your snobbery stage where it's like all Christopher Nolan and, you know, yeah, like all, all of us go through that snobbery stage where it's all Christopher Nolan or nothing, or, you know, it's like David Lynch or nothing, you know, that kind of shit. Where you can't just uh, you know appreciate a movie for what it is, right? And that's the thing is like I feel like these people that are really hating on this movie are not watching it through a lens, right? Of being in the '60s, and you Cause, got to because it's like I was trying to look at it of you know a, like you said, knowing that this was a movie that was groundbreaking in the genre. It's like okay, this is there's things being done here for the first time. Like let's mm-hmm. appreciate it for what it's doing here, and. I, I mean, just by knowing that, like, I I don't know if these people are just expecting, like, this, I, I say expecting this amazing movie because it's so famous, but, like, yeah, in my opinion, it's amazing, but I think it's amazing, not only for the story, but for its cultural importance. But uh, that's about it for Psycho. So, like I said, uh, it's the first uh, episode of the podcast, so... Where to find us? Uh, we can be found at Twitter at HorrifyingMF, on Insta and Facebook at HorrifyingMyFriends, and you could also email us at HorrifyingMyFriends at gmail.com if you want to contact us for suggestions on movies to go through or just to uh, take me to task on you know, uh, my opinion on <laughs> these movies. But, uh, yeah, that'll be it. And uh, next week we will be covering Suspiria with Sarah Rose Hagen. All right. Until next week, horror fiends. <laughs>